Will my Lowe's order arrive on time? Was there voter fraud in the last election? When do people think they should be able to retire? Did you hear about the 60,000 pages of Biden emails that have been discovered? Is someone spying on you? The answers to all of these questions and more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 257 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Spell that R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And today, December 12th, would be Frank Sinatra's 108th birthday. He's one of my favorite entertainers of all time. I know a lot of you listening are very happy I'm recording this show on Tuesday of this week rather than Wednesday, when it would be Taylor Swift's birthday, which also an artist I like, but not quite as much as Sinatra. I mean, I can definitely sing more of Sinatra's music. I can go deeper into the catalog without finding a not perfect song. But Taylor looks better in those Louboutin boots that she wears on tour. That's all I'm going to say. Now, I talked at one point about getting our new dishwasher, which is supposed to happen next week, which will be nice. Hand washing dishes, not exactly fun once you're used to being lazy with the machine that you rinse them off and throw them in. So hopefully that'll be showing up next week. And due to ordering that, we ordered a freezer as well that we'll just throw in the garage. It was cheap. It was on sale, Black Friday deal, and there was one of these deals where if you bought two appliances, you got like $100 off or something like that, so we added that, and the freezer, as far as an addition, wasn't all that much. Now, the Lowe's system does not appear to be one of the better systems when it comes to online shopping. Because I got a call this morning that said they are looking to deliver the item. And even though I am not anywhere near Wicker Park, which is a store in the northern part of Chicago, that's where the item is shipping out of. And I realized when I log in, which I almost always do with a VPN, virtual private network. When I go to the Lowe's website, at the top of the address bar, right where your all of the important information is for Lowe's, it says you are shopping Wicker Park. Obviously, where the VPN pops out, they are trying to triangulate it by using an IP address, which is why companies should never, ever Use your IP address to try to figure out where you're from because IP addresses don't really mean anything. I'm just glad I wasn't popping the VPN through Ireland or England or the Ukraine. What would have happened? Would Lowe's have been really confused? 
I guess they don't have these now are out in where our store is. The guy says they can't really transfer to another store, but they'll certainly try to deliver. Try being the the proper word we'll see tomorrow because he's like, you're out where? And I told him he's like, I've never even heard of that town. Like, there's probably a good reason we're about an hour away from your store. You would think that ordering online when you put your address in because they have the ability to do this. When you go in and do a search for store, you can put your zip code in and it'll tell you the two stores closest to you. And we have two stores within five miles. But no, no, this is coming from like 45 miles away or so. Going to be interesting. Keep your fingers crossed for me. At least I think the dishwasher, since it is coming in a different way with an installer, maybe those come out of a central location. But unfortunately for the poor delivery driver, we're probably going to be a little bit further outside of their delivery area than they're used to. But we will see how that goes. Everybody has been telling you. Donald Trump's crazy that the last election was not full of improprieties. It was not full of questionable behavior. It was not full of voter fraud. Well, the people that are looking into this now, including the voters themselves, and I know, I always say you should never really believe anybody that responds to a poll about anything. But sometimes they're entertaining like this in one of the other stories I have for you today. But this comes from the Washington Examiner, a story that talks about a poll that was done, some research done by the Heartland Institute's Socialism Research Center. And they went directly to the voters and asked them a few questions. Now, this only went granted again, like all polling, it goes to a fairly small number of people. So they try to take the data and they try to extrapolate that into some bigger number. It's like, well, if we go to these 2000 people and they say this, well, this would be the same percentage if we went to 20,000 people or 200,000 or 2 million. In this case, some of the answers that they were given were quite interesting, including 21% of the likely voters who voted by absentee or mail-in ballot in the 2020 election said that they filled out a ballot either in part or in full on behalf of a friend or family member, so spouse, child. 21% filled out a ballot for somebody else or helped somebody fill out a ballot. There's a reason why voting in this country for the longest time is you show up at a location and you go alone into the voting booth in order to be able to cast your ballot because that way you can't be intimidated by a husband or a wife, or a child, or a parent, where in this case, this is America now. You could have like five, ten people all living in a house, a couple of parents, maybe five kids, maybe the grandparents all living together. 
One person gets those ballots, fills them all out. Only 78% said they did not fill out a ballot for somebody else. And I know that seems like a high number, but it's not when you're talking about voter fraud. And when you think about what a 21% swing could do in the election, that brings it above that number where you go, well, the voter fraud numbers were so small, it wasn't going to affect the end result of the election. 21%, that's a pretty big number. 30% of the voters used absentee or mail-in ballots in that election. We know COVID, yay. This changed the way a lot of areas were doing voting. And one-third, almost one-third, because that would be 33.3%, but 30% voting by a very insecure method, I would think could also raise some questions about whether or not there may have been fraud between point A and point B. It says 19%. Of those who did cast mail-in votes, say a family or friend helped them fill out their ballot or filled out their ballot in part or in full, which goes along with that first 21% saying they did it. They actually helped somebody fill out a ballot or did it for them. 19% of the people said, yeah, I let somebody else fill out my ballot. I didn't have time. That's fraud. Even if you told somebody, hey. This is who I want to vote for. That's fraud. If somebody else filled out your ballot or cajoled you to write somebody in or to vote in any particular way. 17% of mail-in voters in this poll say they cast a ballot in a state where they were no longer permanent residents. 17% admitting that they cast a ballot in a state where they no longer resided. 17%, Uh, again, not a big math major here, but I think 17% could sway an election in this country quite easily. And lastly, from this survey, among all voters, male and in person, 11% said a friend, family member, coworker, or other acquaintance has admitted to them that they filled out a ballot on behalf of another person in 2020, which again makes sense. 21% say they did it. 19% say they let somebody do it for them. And 11% are saying, yeah, somebody told me they filled out a ballot for somebody else. The next presidential election is hurtling towards us quickly. And has anything really been done to make sure that fraud is not once again running rampant? Do you have faith? that the election system, the way it is set up now, is beyond reproach, that there's no way that the election can be falsified, that there's no way for fraudulent ballots to get in. We are living in a time where the two sides are pretty evenly split when it comes to what we're seeing at the ballot box. So seeing a swing of even 5% can cause a difference. And in this case, Seems like the numbers are way higher than that. So I think we're going to be seeing, no matter what happens in the next election cycle, you'll probably hear be hearing a lot more once again about fraud and the election, no matter who wins. 
And as long as we're talking about surveys, I just want to hit this one briefly. This was done by a company called Empower, conducted by OnePoll, and they were asking questions about people and whether they have financial goals or not. And this was a random double opt-in survey of 2,000 general population Americans. So take that for what it's worth. But the answers on this survey, when asked questions like, wait, when do you think you should be able to afford some key milestones for a car? The people that responded thought 26 is when you should be able to afford a car. Which, I mean, I guess you have to add in maybe a new car. Although used cars are quite expensive now as well, thanks to Binomics. But I remember buying my first car, 16, 17 years old, a couple thousand dollars, an old Delta 88. So, I mean, I don't know, that's a car and not what you're paying for a brand new Tesla or anything today, but that's a car. When should you be able to afford your starter home? Well, if you can afford a car at 26, they think you should be able to afford the people that responded to this survey your starter home, and a child by age 30. So just four years after that car, now you can have a house and a kid. Do you know what houses and kids cost people? I don't know if you do. Have you looked at the mortgage rates? Thanks, Joe Biden. That 30 number does not seem very reasonable. But then again, the people that responded here also thought that you'd be able to afford your dream home. Not just a home, but your dream home. Now, I think that would be a big difference in the monetary price on a home. I would say, you know, you can get a home in some areas, 150,000, I mean, granted in the Chicago area and a lot more than that. But a dream home, they think you should be able to afford by 33. So just three years later, if you could afford your home, any home by the age of 30, these people think you can afford a dream home by 33. They also think you can afford a second or third child by 32. And the favorite part of this, absolutely, because you must be making a million bucks a minute. You must you must be Taylor Swift with this kind of money, with be able to do these things. The people that answered this survey think you should be able to retire. Once again, they think you should be able to get your first car by 26, starter home by 30, dream home by 33. And your second or third kid by 32, I don't know. You might have to not be able to get your dream home if you have the third kid by that time. But they think you should be able to retire by the age of 44. Mm -hmm. Who is answering these things? And if these are the youngsters of America today, man, they're going to have a rude awakening. Really, a rude awakening is awaiting them because that's not realistic at all. But I don't think any of this is being taught in school. We're being taught diversity, DEI, equity, inclusion. We're not being taught how to manage money. We're not being taught what happens when the mortgage rates go up like they have, thanks to Joey and his minions. And they believe that they're going to be able to retire by 44, really? But okay, I want to know how that goes. I want these same people to do a survey in 10, 20 years. I want to know where they are at that point and if reality ever comes around to knock them in the head or not. 
I don't know how anybody can have the viewpoint that the people that responded to this have. But then again, we know there are a lot of uh, really dumb people out there, including maybe Joe Biden. Big story circulating right now is that Joey, when he was vice president, was using different aliases and had different email addresses. And this was something I was not aware of. I mean, I always assumed with the National Archive that all official communications between a president and anyone else were logged and then go into the archive at the end of the president's term. That also applies for the vice president and it applies to all communication, not just official communication. So that means if Joey has a Tinder, can you send messages on Tinder? Sorry, I've never been on there. But if Joey has uh, an Instagram, had a Twitter account, now X, where you're DMing people, any email address that you might sign up for. So Joey's got a couple other Google addresses that he picked up. Legally, president and vice president have to provide all of their communications that were made during their term to the National Archives. And Joey's nom de plume that was not part of the official record is now spawning 1,799 emails that are being turned over to the House Oversight Committee. This is equaling, and this is also interesting for me, it's equaling 60,000 pages between the emails and attachments, which if somebody was sending Joey some business documents, they're going to be in there. If he was signing the business documents and sending those PDF files back, that's going to be in there. 1,800 emails, 60,000 pages. That's a lot of pages per email. And does anybody know what's in there? Not yet, but we will. There may be nothing in there. There may be some really embarrassing stuff in there. Maybe there's a paper trail for all of the money that Hunter Biden brought in from companies like Burisma, where it seems like there is a lot of Burisma talk, at least according to the report here on just the news, as part of this 60,000 pages of email. But this is something new for me to learn that president and vice president legally have to turn over everything. I don't know how this can be enforced. I guess if you are forced to only use devices that are controlled by the government, by the White House, but I don't know how it stopped Joey from having an aide, you know, Hunter walking alongside him and borrow Hunter's phone for a minute. That wouldn't be part of this whole dragnet pulling in all of this information. But if you weren't good, if you messed up, if you forgot to do something, if you didn't remember, you're not supposed to send it from this particular account or you figured nobody was going to find this account. Maybe there's going to be some interesting stuff here. One of them at least was a Google account, which is interesting to me that the then vice president was using a Gmail account. Probably not all that secure because Joey doesn't seem like the type that knows 
how to encrypt messages before you put it through Gmail to send it to somebody else. Maybe somebody should have explained that part to him. But this should be interesting to find out what exactly is in these emails and to know now that we are living in a society where so much of our communications are going through these devices that a president, vice president have zero privacy. It's an oddity. It is an oddity. I don't know if this is the case. I need to do some research or ask chat GPT, somebody to explain what the law is on this. And if there are any exclusions, because it would seem that you wouldn't want the private text messages from, you know, like Bill and Hillary fighting back and forth. I mean, although maybe we would, that could be entertaining, but I would think that the president and vice president would have some privacy in their communications, especially now that all communications is done via these devices rather than face-to-face talking. So it'll be interesting to see. What do you think is in Joey's emails? Anything good? Let me know. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com or over on Twitter, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. And if you're in the Fediverse, it is Darren O'Neill as well at noagendasocial.com. What do you think is in Joey's emails? And this last story I have pulled is more just a warning slash reminder to everybody listening to this show that privacy is Joey is finding out privacy is hard to come by in this day and age. This comes from a metro.co.uk story, which is all worried that Amazon is selling creepy hidden spy cameras disguised as boring home accessories. Yeah, in this case, It was a towel bar, you know, I guess you can hang coats and things like that on it, but something that would look fairly normal in a bathroom. So, I mean, if you're looking to get some shots of people undressing, going into the shower, I guess this would be great, but there are a lot of these items out there and that is what you need to be aware of back in the day. We used to do a decent amount of traveling, especially going down to watch the baseball games in spring training. And we'd go down with my parents. And since there were four of us and we were spending a couple of weeks, it always seemed a little bit more comfortable to rent a place. And this VRBO and these places before Airbnb was around. But there were a few places you can rent from. And we had very good luck and never getting into a place that was totally horrible where you wanted to scream and get out of but the reality now especially with the high-speed internet and these very small hidden cameras that you can buy it's very creepy to go stay in a place that you don't know who is running the joint and what maybe is hidden in the vents or hidden in every little dot that goes around the room whether it's in a smoke detector seen these things in clock radios seen them in full-size clock faces if you do a search on amazon and there are other places that specifically sell this kind of stuff different spy stores they will make hidden cameras disguised as most anything if you're looking for it it probably exists from a teddy bear to a usb charger 
So you have to be aware of your surroundings. If you go into a changing room somewhere and there's a random USB charger in the plug, you know, if there is a plug in the changing room, eh, no, pull it out, get out of there. Be very aware that these cameras are tiny. They are relatively cheap. And now that they can just connect to a Wi-Fi network, it wouldn't be hard to do this to somebody as well, even if you just go into their house. You could plant things that they would never even notice. Most likely, you can swap out something of theirs. I've seen them in just cords, you know, for your television, all sorts of weird things they build cameras into. So be aware of that. Be aware that almost anything at this point could be a camera. Almost anywhere you may be being surveilled and be aware. And the greatest way to do that is to go look for these hidden cameras on Amazon or somewhere else and go, wow, I would never would have thought that they might have been in a towel bar that you may see hanging in a bathroom somewhere. Just never assume that you're not being watched. And if you do go into a hotel room or into one of these VRBOs, if you go rent a house from somebody on Airbnb, you want to sweep the room. You want to be aware. There are plenty of websites out there that go into detail on how to look for these things. You want to be aware of this. So you are not a victim. So your privacy isn't totally trashed. Got to be aware of these things, just like all of the AI stuff. Don't believe it. If it sounds like your grandson calling and saying, grandma, I need a thousand dollars in gift cards right now. Always verify, always call back. Do not panic. That's the number one thing. Do not panic. Think it out. And if your grandson really does need help, then get him some help. But if somebody's demanding gift cards, that's a big red flag. Know the red flags. Don't panic and be aware of your surroundings, no matter where you are. And look for these little creepy cameras because they can be anywhere. Hopefully it's this kind of advice that keeps you coming back to the Random Thoughts podcast. This show is a value for value podcast. That means the shows go out there. You can listen to them free of charge as much as you want. And it's up to you. If you have gotten any value out of the show whatsoever, you can get some value back to us in a variety of ways. You can go to randomthoughts.com slash donate. Click on the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. If you're over on Patreon, you can go to random thoughts, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts over on Patreon. You can use our P.O. Box address if you would like to go the snail mail route. And if you are in the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, and if you're not, go to newpodcastapps.com to find out more. But if you are, you can send us some boostograms. You can boost anyway. You can share some value back with the show is greatly appreciated. And I have a few people to thank for today's show, starting with Andrew Panabianco, who came in with $15. And in a note, it was both for this show and the show I do with Ryan Bemrose called Grumpy Old Benz. And he mentioned, I haven't heard the name Mark Burley for a minute. Did I mention him on this show? Maybe. Could have been talking about going to see the perfect game that Burley pitched. Was one of the best games in baseball history. Was there with my mom. Made it a lot of fun. Or maybe I was talking about the autograph prices and how Mark Burley's have gone up because it seems he doesn't sign a lot now that he's out of baseball. It's all supply and demand when it comes to collectibles. No question about it. 
But thank you, Andrew, for the $15 donation to Random Thoughts. It is very much appreciated. Dame Slamey coming in with $10.80 and says, Happy Holidays, Darren O. I hope you get your dishwasher set up soon. Yes, I do as well. Dishpan hands in a Chicago winter violates the Geneva Convention. The chaping, the chapping, the chaping. Oh, yeah, it's both. It's horrible. We'll see when that comes in and the freezer. It should be a story either way, but thank you, Dame Slamey and Brian Janak coming in with $5 over on the Random Thoughts Patreon, as did Tim Heasel. Another $5. Thank you, gentlemen. And for Boostergrams, we have Dotter Ted coming in with 4235 says another great show. I really miss the days where all the flight attendants were young, healthy, and friendly. These days, they might as well be air marshals, maybe. Yeah, if you want to remember those good old days, find the television series only ran for one year. Find Pan Am, see a young Margot Robbie as a flight attendant. The flight attendants do not look like Margot Robbie anymore, sadly. Anonymous came in with 2,400 sats. Redbeard Jake W came in with 1,000 sats. And Dale Jr., I see you streaming while you're listening to the program. It is very much appreciated anyway. You can get some value back to us here on the Random Thought Show. Just to let me know you're listening, it is always appreciated. I know there's a lot of other podcasts you can be listening to, and it's an honor that you're spending time listening to this one. If you like solo shows like this one and you haven't heard that Larry show that Larry Blydner does, he is celebrating seven years of that Larry show. Time flies. Go over to thatlarryshow.com and check it out if you haven't already. And check out the show that Larry and I do every Monday called Planet Rage, planetrage.show. Now, I will leave you with a story as told by the man, the myth, the legend, Francis Albert Sinatra. It's a story about his buddy, Don Rickles. I think you'll enjoy it. I hope so. But either way, until we meet again next week, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. Can I tell a story about what this man did to me once? You may have known or heard about this. It was a true story. This was a long time ago, long before Don got married. I was eating dinner in a restaurant in New York, and uh, uh, I was with with some friends, and he came over to the table, and he said, Frank, do me a favor, will you? He said, I'm sitting with a very pretty girl, and uh, I'm trying to make out, you know? And he said, I told her I know you, and she really doesn't believe me. Would you stop by the table? I said, all right. I was just about finished. I was down to the espresso. And I, finally he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, How are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> and I went, I went for the whole thing. You bought I stood that. with my mouth open.